Hello, fellow Americans. This is your host, the Red Baron of Boots on the Streets podcast. Tonight, we're going to have a little throwback topic. You know, I was uh, reminiscing about my college days on campus and the things that was very important to me when I was on campus. And at the time when I was on campus, uh, a lot of people was, was uh, not a lot, but certain people was pledging fraternities and sororities. And I have a question night for everyone. Are fraternity sororities, are they still relevant? Or is it still worth the pledge of fraternity or sorority? I mean, let's, let's get into this. I remember uh, my first introduction to fraternities was at SUNY Old Westbury, New York, Long Island. And the first fraternity I came across was uh, Sigma Lambda Beta, which at the time was... Uh, a Latin-based fraternity, which they are now multicultural. Phi Oda Alpha, which is the oldest Latino fraternity. Uh, Alpha Phi Alpha, which is the oldest black fraternity. And the other one was called Malik. And it was more of an Afrocentric fraternity. And it was interesting because each one of these uh, fraternities had a different philosophy. They both was very active on the college campus. I will say that about them. Living in New York at the time, both of them was very active in putting together programs monthly or bi-weekly on college campus. They'll have discussion panels about voting, uh, cultural uh, stuff, cultural differences between Latin culture and different other cultures, things that would make you think and better you as a college student on campus. And they also, uh, they also was engaged in a lot of community services and stuff. But I said each fraternity had their own different thing. Um, Alpha Phi Alpha was the first black fraternity I was exposed to. They didn't set too well with me at the time. The guy on there was like, he was trying to be a little arrogant, but he was kind of goofy at the same time. And, and I could, you know, basically using the three letters across the chest to cover up for his insecurities. Single Lambda Beta, those guys was very sincere. Uh, their colors was purple and white. They were small at the time. They were founded in 1986. And they were very sincere uh, about their community service and their brotherhood was real tight. The Maliks was real cool. I dig the whole Afrocentric perspective and stuff. But um, fast forward, when I moved down south to South Carolina, I came across the Black Greeks. And, you know, that's the Alphas, Omegas, Kappas, Sigmas, um, the AKAs. The Deltas, the SG Rose, not many SG Rose, but you know, mainly Delta and AK. And people probably say, Well, where are you going with that? I didn't pledge a fraternity. Well, why? Because fraternities mean a lot in the community. And if you went to a four year college, at some point you had some type of interaction with fraternities and sororities. And I remember when I moved down, like in New York, if you pledged a fraternity, it did you in the open, meaning like you went through the process of becoming a member. It was in the open. You wore black boots. Black pants, hoodie, you walk through the hallway locked up and you couldn't talk to anyone else for the remainder of like uh, four to six weeks that you was online. But when you came to South Carolina in the South, pledging was secretive. You couldn't let your best friends know that you was online for the sorority fraternity. And most of the time, they didn't even have a, a pledging process. You know, you had your interview, you paid your dues, you learned the history, you take a test and you go through the ritual. But I found at State, people would make fraternity and sororities, 
to be bigger than what they really were. If someone crossed over into a frat or a sorority, all of a sudden they're no longer, they're no longer themselves. Nobody see them as their old self. They, when they say their name, like if their name was Rico, they'd be like, you know, Rico the Alpha, James the Kappa, Jenny the AKA. You know, it's always they three letters behind their name or in front of their name, you know? And it was like a mystique. And I get it. You know, you're young. Everybody want to belong to something. And, and I'm not throwing shade on fraternities and sororities because I myself belong to a college fraternity and I also belong to the craft, which I'm not going no further in detail. I'm a traveling man. For those that are listening, you know what that means. Um, I'm not going no further because it's cloudy. <laughs> um, but yeah, I belong to a fraternity and I pledge Sigma. And the reason I pledged Sigma was because I believe in the principles that they stood for. You know, the founders at the time when they started the fraternity, every man came to the fraternity on their own merit. You didn't have to be light-skinned, have curly hair. You didn't have to come from a rich family. It was based on your academic performance and your character. And I think those are good things to judge a fellow brother on versus, oh, well, he's light-skinned and he has curly hair or uh, or he's real masculine or macho acting. And like I say every organization has their thing. You know, they have their thing. You know, the AKs, they're pretty girls. And I'm talking about black fraternities right now, and we'll get into other fraternities soon and stuff. But um, what are some of the cons of joining a fraternity? Because there's, there's a glamour to it, but there's some cons to it. And one of the cons is the cost for dues and membership. And I know certain organizations, like for some fraternities, you're going to pay anywhere between $300 for membership like for your whole process, dues and everything, usually the smaller the organization is and the younger it is, the cheaper your dues are. But for the big boys, the ones that have been around for over 100 years and they're real prestigious in the community and stuff, you're paying anywhere between $900 to $1,500 to even $2,000 for membership. Some people say, oh, well, you're just buying friends. Yeah, maybe in certain sorority or fraternity you might be buying friends. You might be buying friends, but it's a lifetime experience. And I know in the black fraternity world, they have grad chapters. And if you don't go undergrad, meaning you don't pledge while you was in college, you could pledge once you complete college and go through the uh, intake process and become a membership, a member, a full-fledged member. And the process is a little different. Some people might call you fake. That's another thing that goes on in the fraternity world with their paper. Why? Because they didn't get haze. You still have that going in fraternity world. And, and I asked in 2019, is that relevant? Like hazing someone. And for those of you who don't know what hazing is, it's where you take a, 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 a interest and you dog them out. You might beat them up. You might make them drink a large amounts of alcohol until they pass out and vomit. You might treat them real poorly, curse, yell at them, slap them, kick them. Uh, a lot of time hazing result in death. And I'm not throwing no other fraternities to roll on the bus, but you can look it up yourself. A lot of fraternities have been charged over the decades for death and injuries of their um, of their interest, the people that were interested in pledging the organization. I don't agree with hazing. When I went through my process, I had the mindset, anybody put their hands on me, goddamn set, as what they call it when you recite your information and everything you learn about it, is over with. Some people say, oh, well, you're not really a brother because you didn't get beat. Let me tell you something. There's enough violence going on in the world and in our communities and stuff. 
I don't need to pay $1,000 for membership for somebody to whip my butt. That's not happening. I'm sorry. I'm a veteran from Fort Benning, Georgia, and, uh, <laughs> and I'm from New York. Ain't nobody putting their hands on me. You put your hands on me, you got you in for a fight. I don't need membership that bad. Like I said, I joined for the philosophy. I don't even wear my letters like that, which is, you know, your shirts and all that stuff. I don't, you know, there's nothing wrong with it. If you want to wear it, fine. But I don't really wear it like that because it's about the principles of the organization that's instilled in me and the founders and the other famous people that came through in the organization. The thing, their accomplishments and their achievements is what's inspirational to me and which encouraged me to be a better person in society. You have some fraternities when the members finish completing the process, they all tend to dress the same. They call themselves pretty boys, usually the Kappas. You know, they all wearing khakis and they all, you know, well-groomed. They don't like to sweat. They tend to be very feminine. Uh, yeah, I said it. You guys tend to be kind of feminine. It's the truth. Everybody know that about y'all on college campus. Um, not hating on you. I'm not throwing no shade. I'm just discussing the characteristics. I'm a Sigma. Some people think we're country. They think we're country. They, uh, you know... They think that, uh, you know, some, some people just think that we're laid back country guys. And, and I'm not country. I'm from New York. I do fit some of the Sigma characteristics. But uh, on to the pros of being in a fraternity. Some of the pros of being in a fraternity and sorority is networking. Yes, when you join a fraternal organization, it does have a lot of networking. And especially in 2019, networking is very big with social media and stuff. A lot of people get their first jobs based off of somebody they know that's a frat or a sorority member of their organization. Um, some people say, well, that's not fair because I didn't pledge and, and I had a grind on my own. Well, you know, when you join organizations, it come with perks. It's just like if you're a veteran and you go for a job interview and a guy interviewing you is a vet too, he's going to have a little, you know, he's going to be a little bit more leaning towards you because both of y'all are veterans. You come from the same experience. And it's the same thing in the fraternity world. It helps you network with jobs, uh, politics, uh, anything, anything that you want to do. Um, and it don't have to be necessarily, the person have to be necessary in your fraternity or sorority because I have gotten a lot of perks from people that's not even in my fraternity. It might have been a sorority that's a Delta or an AKA or it might have been uh, the guy was an Alpha and he interviewed me for a job. It's just the fact we had that common bond, that kindred spirit that we both went through the same thing. And it's like that with the craft, too. Oh, it's definitely heavily like that with the craft. Uh, it has its benefits in this day and age. But also, I believe fraternities have gotten away from what they founders have founded the organizations on. There were some trying and difficult times when the organization was founded in the early 1900s in America. Uh, I don't think fraternities are engaged in the community like they're supposed to be in this day and age. There's a lot going on in society and in our communities in America. And it doesn't matter what community. It's just the fact that they're not engaged. They, they're so caught up in getting the three letters across their chest. They want to party or they become lazy. And they forget, hey, bro, you're supposed to be involved in community service. I don't care if you're reading the kids or you're giving toys during Christmas time to children in the hospital. But you're supposed to be involved doing something to better the community, to uplift the community. It's not about getting three letters and running around in your dorm room and sleeping with different girls or sorority girls. That, that, you know, yeah, fraternity guys party, but that's lame. There's work to be done 
and you're needed out here in the community. That's what you pledge the organization for. You do have some fraternity and sorority members that pledge and they also think they become, they feel like they become better than the average college student. They become bougie. Oh, well, I'm in this sorority and all of us are light-skinned or long hair or, or we come from you know wealthy background. I don't have to intermingle with the inner city people or the less fortunate. No, no, that's not what your founders founded the organization on. And, I, and I'm not busting on the historical black Greeks because one thing about us compared to other Greeks, uh, traditionally white Greeks or Latino organization, once again, black Greeks, you have grad chapter. After you get out of college, you could pledge. They tend to be more serious about their membership enrollment. Like other people, I come across Greeks from, let's say, like white sororities. And I ask them, oh, that's the sorority you in? Oh, who's your founders? And they can't tell you who their founders are. Some of them can't even tell you what year they were founded. Now, in the black Greek world, if somebody asks you who your founders are, boy, that's common. That's one-on-one for your organization. You better be able to spit it out. Who your founders are, what year you were founded, uh, you know, you better know your handshake, your grip, all that. If you don't know that, you can find yourself in some hot water. In some serious hot water. You might lose your shirt, depending on what organization you're in. You might lose your shirt. But to people say, oh, well, that sucks what you need to know all that for. Well, because it's something called pride. You take pride in your organization. You embody the principles and the values of the organization. And to do that, you need to know who your founders are. We know in our community, we know what our founders did for a living, what they went through when they founded the organization, what type of people they was on campus. That stuff encourages us and gives the motivation to be better students and also be better citizens in our community. Are there flaws in being in a fraternity story? Yes, there are. Like I said, hazing, which results in death. I mean, there's countless horrible stories we all have heard uh, from black fraternities, Latino fraternities and sororities, white fraternities, sororities. Hazing doesn't matter what, what organization you play, it happens. And like I said, I don't agree with it and, it, and people lose their family members and their loved ones, and it needs to be removed from the whole fraternal uh, intake process. Beating a member down don't make them a better member. We're not gangs. And also people say, well, fraternities, sorority act like gangs, like blood and crypt. No, they're not. No, they're not. You're not catching Omega or um, Sigma, Alpha, Epsilon. Well, you might catch them. But you're not catching them riding down the street, hanging out the car with a gun and shooting and, and barking and throwing up gang signs. No. No. Do we have colors? Yes. Each organization has colors. What their organization is. Like ours is blue and white. You have Omega's purple and gold. Kappa, you know, crimson and cream. Uh, AKA pink and green. Yeah, you know, there's an organization color. So, of course, you're going to be more... If you have pride in your organization, you're like, oh, yeah, blue and white. Give me a blue hat to represent your organization. That's all. But they're not gang members. Gang members are, in my eyes, domestic terrorists. They go into communities. They, they threaten the kids where the kids can't come outside and play. The old lady can't cross the street. Everybody locking their doors. That's what gang members do. Fraternity members actually go into community try to make a difference. They're going into the schools and talking to the kids and stuff about education and various things of intellect that's going to further the community. I said, do some of them fight at parties? Yeah, everybody fight. It comes with the territory. The football team fight. Are they gang members? But are they worth it? Is it worth it in 2019? Or is it worth it? I believe fraternity and sorority still hold 
value. I still believe that, that they hold value in 2019. They have some kinks to work out. They come a long way in their process. But when most of the time when people join Fraternity Soroy, I watch it increase. It boosts their self-esteem. Just like if you play on the football team, you're going to be a little bit more confident and your self-esteem is going to be higher because it's about the sense of belonging to something positive, something bigger than you. You know, I wake up every day. I belong to two organizations. I'm a Sigma and I'm also part of craft and stuff. Both of those organizations gives me the knowledge and enlighten the knowledge and wisdom to enlighten me to be a better person in society. You know, to be a better member in society, be a productive member, to be a better family man and stuff. So yet there's still benefits. We can't let the negativity overshadow the greatness that it does. There are a lot of good college students that belong to the organization. They are doing things on their college campuses. Yeah, I agree. Maybe they should do more for them. There should be more discussion panels about various topics, if not weekly, but bi-weekly. Yeah, I, I, I think that's one of the things they need to change. I don't like going on a college campus and seeing fraternity people or sorority sitting in their, in their house, in their fraternity or sorority house, and just hanging around, shooting the breeze, and not doing much. No, there's work to be done. And we have an awesome legacy of people that came before us, famous people that belong to these organizations that paved the way for us, and we need to continue to pave the way for the next generation. We can't rest on our hurdles. We need to pave the way. So yes, fraternities are relevant. If my child wanted to pledge, he don't have to pledge my fraternity. Uh, if he goes to college and whatever organization he feels that fits his characteristics and his belief system, more power to him. I'll just be happy if my child is in college, you know, uh, getting an education, if that's the route they choose to take. Because like I said, there's other ways of making a good income for yourself and your family besides going to a four-year college institution. But yes, but as I digress, fraternities are definitely still relevant. Um, I would like to see more fraternities out protesting and marching. Like I said, you have these teacher rallies. You had sh- horrible shootings that happened or various things that happened. I was, I was kind of disgruntled about the AKAs when their national president told them not to wear their letters, and you know, which is their jackets and their shirts, to any marches or rally. And I'm like, no. The community need to see that your organization, your members are active in the community, that they're concerned about community members and they're not distancing themselves from the, from the issues that plague the community. No, you need to wear your shirt. If you're Omega, Sigma, Kappa, Alpha, you need to wear your shirt. If you, if, if wherever organization you play, Latino, whatever, uh, uh, you need to wear your shirt if you're at a rally somewhere. To show people this organization is active in the community. You don't need to be tucking your shirt in, hiding it, zipping up your coat. No. Our founder that came before us, let it be known that they belong to the organization. And there were some very rocky times from uh, segregation and Jim Crow, very rocky times. And they let it be known that they was a member of the prestigious or glorious organizations. And that's how you need to be in 2019. We have work that needs to be done. We need to, uh, you sorority girls, y'all need to be more active about picking up the torch and working with the young girls in the community so we're not having a generation of ratchet little girls coming up. Fellas, we need to be out there with the boys, teaching them how to become young, productive men and not some emotional uh, simp male running around. 
No, we need to be active. There's single parent homes that that uh, need our help. You can't ask for somebody else to do for you what you won't do for yourself. Our community should not be hurting when we have enough people in college institutions that could go into the community and do things on the weekend or weekday uh, to help our children out. There's some of the principles what our organization was founded on, and we need to get back to those basics. But like I said, I believe fraternities are worth it in 2019. Yes, we have some work that need to be done, but they're still, they're still relevant. They're still relevant. And it's up to you. If you want to join a fraternity or sorority, hey, more power to you. Find something that fits your beliefs and your needs. Don't join because your best friend is joining because you might get in and realize that that organization is not for you. Take your time. Go online. Read the history. Get prepared to pay some money. Because it costs to be in these organizations. It costs to be in these organizations. But once you're in, you're in for a lifetime. Long you don't do anything stupid to get you suspended. But, you know, if you want to join, join. Take your time. Well, this is the Red Baron. Signing off on Boots on the Streets. And I'll see you guys later. Stay strong. Stay encouraged. And stay enlightened. Good night, people.